Hello, everyone. You are listening to the latest Flyers Talk podcast presented by Great Railing. I am Jordan Hall, and as always, I am joined by the dynamic Joe Fordyce. Joe, the Flyers are on a three-game losing streak. They have eight games left to play. It certainly feels like they are playing out the string, and they had an embarrassing loss, the second of these three straight losses to the Capitals. It was a 9-2 defeat up in D.C., and then they followed up with a 4-0 loss to the Rangers. The spirit of performance is what defines Acura, and now it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Joe, are these losses almost inevitable? The way they're losing, how badly they're losing, given that they're playing a lot of kids in the lineup on uh, against the Rangers on Wednesday night. They had seven rookies in the lineup because of injuries and also because they want to look at some of these college kids. Does this feel like it, it was bound to happen? I think so. I mean, I, I do find, think it was inevitable this team was going to bottom out at some point. And when I say bottom out, I'm not talking about – I mean, you could say they've bottomed out the whole season. Yeah. But what I'm talking about is 9-1, 4 nothing, like compounding really bad losses on top of each other. And, you know, you're seeing things like – obviously some of this is inexperience with kids, but you're seeing things like two-on-ones and they don't get a shot off and – uh, obviously, the fans weren't happy with that last night. I forget it was Hayes and I forget the two on one. I'm thinking about where the booze came right after it was Hayes and someone, and I can't remember off the top of my head who it was. But you know, it's it's a whole combination of things. It's a lot of kids playing. It's inexperience. It's depleted lineup, and it's playing out the string. And that's you know this is what you get, and you're playing less night and the night before you're playing two teams that are fighting for playoff positioning. Um, they're playing really well. And quite frankly, you got, you got their best back-to-back nights. Yeah. Um, combined with you, let's call it, you said embarrassing lackluster at best efforts from a team that, you know, is comprised of a combination of guys that are veterans playing out the string and guys that some of them aren't NHL players. Let's just be honest. They're not. And that's why they're playing so that the Flyers can evaluate who is and isn't. And that's what we're seeing. And I just think you got, you got the, the full read on the situation. You got that the past two nights. It, It got exposed. I should say. Indeed. This is the nature of the beast when you have a season like this and you get into a play out the string mode on top of wanting to look at younger players, you get a lineup that's featuring no chemistry whatsoever, all kinds of inexperience, and you're playing teams that have a lot to play for. And the Capitals were rolling into that game. They had just won three straight against really quality teams, and then they get a Flyers team on the road uh, with a goalie that ends up getting hurt after the first period with a the team's leading goal scorer leaving after the first period, Cam Atkinson, Carter Hart being the, the the goalie that I mentioned, and it's just it, it it just snowballs into a disaster. So this stuff is bound to happen. It's tough to watch. 
And it's really almost symbolic of the way the Flyers uh, played this season and how things went this season for them. It's symbolic in the way that it's tough to watch and you're feeling like, when is this over? Uh, so this is the, the, the this is what happens. Um, and it's tough to see. At least the Flyers came back, I think, with a better effort against the Rangers. But still, seven rookies in the lineup. Felix Sandstrom is in net getting his second career start. It's the second game of a back-to-back. Uh, I wasn't expecting much from the Flyers there, but at least it was a respectable game. A 3-0 game in the third period. It was 1-0 uh, a second intermission. Joe, do you feel like that was at least a respectable game and effort? Yeah, I, I guess, I mean, respectable, yeah. Um, the, the final score doesn't look like it so much, yeah. but, you know, you didn't score any goals. So yeah. Yeah. Um, it's kind of like if you and I went and showed up at an ice rink for a pickup game with, you know, eight other guys, or if you include goalies, ten other guys that we've never played with or seen before. And you just pick up teams and start playing with them. You don't know where guys are going to be. You don't know where – I don't know where you're going to be. You don't know where I'm going to be. So we definitely don't know where guys that we've never met are going to be. And that's kind of what the Flyers did the past couple games. Yeah. And they just put these guys on the ice and just – it was almost like go play. I mean, you can draw up all the plays and all the system and all that sort of stuff. But you have a bunch of guys that aren't used to playing an NHL system – and then you have guys that are used to playing the NHL system, playing with guys that aren't in the spots that they're used to other guys that are used to playing in the system would be. Yeah. So, I mean, it's inevitable that you're going to have disastrous moments, and the Flyers had those the past two games. Yeah, you talk about bottoming out. The Flyers have lost 45 of their last 60 games. That is bottoming out. They've won 15 of 60. It's – uh which is a lot of losing, a lot of tough games to watch. Um, but at least, Joe, we are starting to see some kids in the lineup, and that's interesting. There's an interest there to see some of these prospects, see what they can do. Joe, off the top of your head, if you had to pick maybe one of the kids that really has caught your eye the most or maybe has really drawn your intrigue the most, who would it be? Well, I mean, if we're still including Cam York in this conversation, yeah. I, I'm going to include. I'm going to say York just because I, I really like to see how the puck moves on the power play. Um, it feels like he's always one or two moves ahead of where the puck is. So when he's getting the puck sent back to him, he knows what he's already doing next. And 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 a lot of times it's a seamless back, and you know this, and it, and it's he's directing traffic with the puck. I, it's encouraging to see that as a young player, um, to see the puck move best on the power play when Cam York is at the point. I think it's encouraging to see for me. I'm, now he was a first round pick, so it's not like he came out of nowhere. But it's good to finally start seeing this, and I like his. I like how quickly he can get the puck on net. He has that little snapshot. I mentioned in a previous podcast. He plays with his hands high up on a stick, which gives him. I think a little more torque to get a a short shot on net. And when I say short, like a short windup, there's not a lot that has to go into getting that puck on net. It's not a full windup slap shot. It's not a wrist shot where he has to bear down on the stick to get get any force on the shot. It's, you know, he plays hot with his hands high up so he can really snap it and get it on net quickly. And I think that is, it, it's huge for a power play. 
Um, particularly this power play. Now, I don't know what it's going to look like next year, but when you have guys like JVR that camp in front of the net on a power play, that's really his bread and butter. The quicker you can get shots on net before the defense has a chance to react, the better and the more successful you're, excuse me, be. And that's what I th- uh, has impressed me most about York. In addition to him being defensively responsible. Now, this is not to say he hasn't had hiccups. Clearly, I mean, he got schooled the other night by Trevor Zegras. But that's Trevor Zegras. This is what he does. Um, and sometimes great players make great plays, and that's regardless of how they're being played on defense, who's going against them. So he's had growing pains, and he's going to continue to have them, but he's definitely the guy that has stood out to me the most out of all these young players. Flyers Talk is brought to you by Great Railing. Stop into Great Railing for the highest quality and lowest prices on all your railing, decking, and fencing needs. Yeah, that was a neat little moment, Joe, uh, that play Zegers had on York, because it reminded me that they were teammates in their draft year for that loaded U.S. team, uh, the National Development Program. So... They were teammates on that uh, that great, great team that I think had seven first-round picks. So uh, that was a little friend-on-friend crime there by Trevor Zegras. But a great play by a really flashy, skilled player. And, Joe, I agree. York has been uh, very interesting to watch. I've enjoyed watching him because you're seeing a kid that looks like he belongs and looks like he could be in a lineup next year. Joe, for me, I'll say Bobby Brink just because I want to see more of him. We've only seen two games of him so far, and I think he's one of the prospects that maybe holds the, the most debate about whether his game will translate to this level. Uh, we know his size. He's smaller. He's 5'9", generously. He might be 5'8". He's around 160-ish pounds. But, I mean, he is he has defied odds with the size stuff all along the way. He's done it at the USHL level. He has certainly done it at the college level. I mean, he led the nation in scoring this year and won a national championship with Denver, and he's only 20 years old. So he has shown that size does not matter for him because he does so many other things well in terms of hockey sense, uh, smart vision, playmaking, all of that stuff that you like in in a prospect. But he is a smaller winger, so we'll see if he can do it at the NHL level. So for me, Joe, I'm most intrigued to see him more because I want to see if he can do it at the NHL level or at least show us glimpses that he can. A uh, nice little debut for him in, in that really awful loss to the Capitals, 9-2. He had an assist and um, actually looked like one of the better players on the ice. So I want to see more of him. He's going to draw my intrigue personally. Joe, another prospect that I think is starting to show he can play at this level is Noah Cates. What have you seen from Noah Cates so far? Well, the thing with Noah Cates that I've noticed is he is very much willing to go to the net. And you're seeing rebound goals right place at the right time. And that sort of stuff is not luck. That sort of stuff is a guy that has a, a, you know, to use a cliche, like a nose for the net. He he gets to the places where the puck's going to be, and it's an advantageous spot for an offensive player to be. And that's why we saw goals very early in his NHL tenure. Um, He just has hockey sense, and you can tell that. So that has definitely stood out to me. And, you know, I do want to just make a point about Bobby Brink real quick. In watching his press conference before he ever played, he never struck me as a guy that seemed overwhelmed by this moment. A lot of times you see guys and they're like, 
ear-to-ear smile, and they almost don't know what to say. And I'm not saying he didn't seem happy, but what I am saying is he didn't seem overwhelmed by the moment. And, you know, you mentioned he gets a point in his first game. So I'm encouraged by that, too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you wonder if the kid that's, you know, was just playing at TD Garden in a national championship, you know, he was delivering a game-winning assist in the Frozen Four two days prior to the national championship. So, yeah, definitely doesn't seem like the moment's too big. And I think Noah Cates is similar to that. Noah Cates played in the Olympics for the for the USA, and he's also won a national championship with Minnesota Duluth. So these are some kids that have played in big moments, pressure-filled moments, and I think it's helping them translate their games to the NHL. Joe Cates, I think, is a quieter guy that quieter being maybe among all these young kids, he could have a decent shot at being in the mix next year because I think I could really see him being in a bottom six, maybe fourth line role on a on an, in an NHL lineup, in a lineup that's filled. Obviously, right now he's playing because they don't have guys. They're they're looking to look at young players and they have injuries. But in a loaded NHL lineup, I could see him fitting in uh, in a third or fourth line role and being really productive and effective in that way. Scott Lawton the other night even at, went out of his way to give him a shout out. Uh, it was actually on Wednesday night after the loss to the Rangers. Scott Lawton went out of his way to say, I have to give a shout out to Noah Cates. I love playing with the kid. He he knows where everyone is. Uh, he He's just a smart player. Goes to the net, as you mentioned, Joe. So Noah Cates, I think, has uh, done some quietly good things. He's maybe not like the flash of a Morgan Frost or he doesn't really come with the hype of a Cam York, but has done some really nice things so far and really taken advantage of the opportunity. Yeah, I, I agree. And if, if anybody is, I would say you could just pencil him in right now. Yeah. Um, because I think if you combine the unknown about what next year's lineup is, um, and, and, and let's frankly be honest, like we're, the Flyers are not getting what, they need out of Travis Konechny the last two games, uh, two seasons, three seasons, if you maybe even say. Um, they need goal scoring. And Noah Cates shows a, note, a nose for the net. He scored some goals. And that's lacking in this lineup. So, to me, you pencil him in right now. Um, you know, the Konechny thing is a discussion, obviously, for the offseason because I, I really – He's an interesting player and a guy that we can't figure out. But, I mean, like I said, that's a that's a much bigger discussion. But I, I do think Cates is absolutely the standout here. And I'm not, I'm not including York. I'm talking about in the forward group. He is definitely the standout here uh, heading into next season. I mean, you have to like what you see. And you can only hope that – I feel like maybe Morgan Frost is coming around now a little bit. But when Morgan Frost was given the opportunity to seize, particularly before this season, we discussed last offseason, he didn't really do that. Um, and then in a couple earlier seasons, like he had mo- times to really step up and he didn't really do it. So you can hope, only hope that Cates comes back and does that. And I think that's the next step in this process for, that, for a guy like Cates is to really go to – have a great offseason, great workouts, get to training camp next year, and make it impossible for people not to notice you at training camp. And I think that's the next step that we want to see from him. And, Joe, we can stay on Konechny here. I, I, I do agree that it will be a much bigger discussion at the end of the year, but let's not sugarcoat it. Like if 
you know, the Flyers have 40 regulation losses. There's a lot of negatives in this season, and we certainly can hit on them. I think we're trying to stay positive, Joe, in terms of talking about kids because I truly think we would drive fans up a wall if we just got on here and complained about the negatives. But let's certainly hit on some things that have disappointed us. Joe, what, what have you been kind of disappointed about connecting? And maybe after we talk about that, we can hit on maybe a positive silver lining so far going into next year. So I'm just going to bring up – I'll just bring up a couple examples. And I think it was last night's game, possibly the Capitals game. Okay. He goes in alone on the goalie, goes to the backhand, makes the move, has an open net, misses the net. Uh, against, I believe it was Anaheim last game. Yes, Anaheim. He's on the doorstep with a perfect one-time pass, clangs it off the post. A goal that would have changed the whole complexion of that game. And you can't help but like look at the way he plays and say, what what has happened to this guy's scoring touch? Yeah. You know what I mean? There's a little bit of it seems like something's lost there. He misses the net a lot. He he gets himself into the spot where the easiest thing about plays should be the finishing, and then the finishing doesn't happen. Meanwhile, if you look at previous seasons in his career, the finishing was like his specialty. So I, I don't know. Those are the things that jump out to me because it's not like it's you get a bad break, a bad bounce off a stick. I mean, it's happening regularly. And it just seems like something's missing there with the scoring touch, and I don't know what that is. And I'm definitely not saying he can't get it back. But what I am saying is it has to be a concern because this team relies on this guy to score goals. And it's just not happening at the clip that this team needs it to happen at. Joe, I agree. I think Konechny, in the mind of management, is probably one of the most confounding players on the roster because he's likable in terms of, like, there's he's a good NHL player. There's things that he does that – Management's probably thinking this guy should be a piece for our future. Like we can see him being a foundation piece moving forward. But then you see some of this stuff, the lack of goal scoring, the things that they thought they were going to get from him. And maybe, maybe you start to think, yeah, maybe he's not going to be back here. Maybe he's not going to be a part of this core. It's just, it is very confusing. Joe, it's crazy. In his all-star season, 2019-20, it was cut short, obviously, by COVID. 24 goals in 66 games. Over the last two seasons, he's had 24 goals in 121 games. I just don't know where the goal scoring has gone. It, it truly is perplexing. I, I just I don't know. And he's a major reason why the Flyers probably feel like they need to go out and get goal scoring because they probably envisioned him being one of their best goal scorers. He was in 2019-20. And now... He's looking, and it's it's okay. He's looking more like a playmaker and more like an assist guy, and there is a need for that. Claude True was an assist guy his whole career, and he was a very good flyer, one of the greatest flyers, and very effective in doing so. But he's probably a big reason why the Flyers feel like they probably need to go out and get goal scoring because he just hasn't been the goal scoring guy. I'm with you, Joe. It's it's truly mind boggling. Yeah, um, and and I think too, you know, you go back to the 1920 season. He is a first line caliber player yeah. and you put him out there and before people jump all over what I'm saying, consider what I'm saying here. The Capitals have Tom Wilson that plays on the top line. He gets under player skin. Uh, he distracts the opponent. He draws penalties. Sometimes he takes them <laughs> as does Konechny. 
Yeah. I feel like we've seen Konechny rein the undisciplined part of his game in to a manageable level. So just think about the whole the, the Tom Wilson comparison, and I'm not comparing their stature. Obviously, that's nowhere close. But the causing havoc with other team while scoring goals and being an offensive force element to the game. And I feel like that is a hugely valuable element, and the Flyers aren't getting enough of the goal-scoring part. And think of what they could have if they were getting that goal-scoring part. Because I feel like back in in the 1920s season that he he hadn't really reined in that sort of undisciplined part of his game. Yeah. And it's almost like the undisciplined part of his game has gotten better while the offensive part of his game ha- has declined. So if he can somehow just get those to a normal level, I, th- I think this is this guy's an infinitely valuable player to this team if he can do that. But really... All the under the skin stuff, it only goes so far if you're not doing your number one priority, which is scoring goals and creating offense. It's so true. I like I I loved Travis Konechny in 2019-20 because obviously he had an all-star year statistically. But yeah, he was that strategic agitator. Well, get her in people's skins. Um, like he, he people hated playing against him because he was annoying. He was a pest. I always called him the Flyers Energizer Bunny because he just never stopped, constantly had that energy, that in-your-face style for a smaller guy. And it, it was a perfect blend of scoring and that type of stuff. But it, it truly only goes so far if you're not providing scoring. And maybe the Flyers are finding out that he can be a very, very, very good complimentary player, and there's nothing wrong with that. There is a need for guys that complement, you know, stud players. Uh, but maybe over the last couple seasons, the Flyers have not been as good. They have lacked in the talent area and the goal scoring area. And maybe you're starting to see he needs he needs some more people around him. And and I and I don't mean that in a bad way. There is a need for these types of players. Like Tom Wilson, Joe on a on a lesser team would not be as good. It's no, just, I, I mean now I'm I'm consider what I'm saying here because yeah. I. I Tom Wilson plays. Tom Wilson, no. (laughs) (laughs) Tom Wilson plays with Ovechkin, obviously, but I'm more referring to his center, and that's Nick Backstrom or um, Yevgeny Kuznetsov. These are two of the more creative centers this league has. So that's a huge difference. I mean, let's be honest. Nick Backstrom might be the best passer in the entire sport. So. There's a reason for his thousandth game earlier this season that the fans all threw apples on the ice. That's what he's known for. Yeah. So, of course, that helps. Um, and I'm not saying, you know, he, he obviously connected. He played with Giroux, who is a great passer. But there has to be a, an ability to create some of your own. And what I brought up was the opportunities that were set up for him that aren't being finished. Yeah. So – I think that is the more concerning part is like the, the finishing because the finishing doesn't have to do with someone setting it up. The setup has already been made. And I feel like that's the part that's been glaring to me the most about connecting. Yeah, no doubt about it. And he's only 25 years old. I know we always talk about age, but I mean, 25 is still uh, halfway to 30. And a lot of players hit their primes sometimes in their late 20s, early 30s. So 
the Flyers are going to be looking at this very closely about what they have in Travis Connecting. I still like him, Joe. I know you still like him. I think he's a good player, but certainly would like to see more scoring from him. And I think it's certainly made for um, a lot of evaluation for, for management. Joe, one silver lining over this last little stretch here. For me, I would say Kevin Hayes. He's been almost a point-per-game player since he came back. 18 points, 20 games. I think he looks like himself again. I think that's such a major major positive given the injuries, the serious injuries to guys like Ryan Ellis and Sean Couturier. You had another serious injury with Kevin Hayes, and it looks, it really looks like it could be in the past, and he could be that player uh, that a lot of people expected him to be going forward. How about you? Yeah, um, so the thing that stood out to me about Hayes in particular is some of the stick handling. Yeah. Um, we haven't seen that. And to me, stick handling is, you know, you're you're moving your core. And yeah. to me, he's A, confident that it's strong enough, and B, it is strong enough. And the injury isn't lingering when I see that. And, you know, he's moving well. And these are things that we did not see. Um, I mean, there were days where we were at practice and we'd see him doing these drills where he would – skate half the width of the ice, touch the boards, come back to the middle and get a pass and a shot. Or, or you know, he would do these drills that were, you know, quick start and stop drills. And he would be hunched over afterwards and we'd be like, oh, that doesn't look good. Yeah, That's not happening now. Yeah. He seems to be back to a guy that isn't struggling with how he feels physically. And in fact, not only is he not struggling, but he's confident in how he feels physically. And you can even tell by the way he's talking about it because he hasn't been talking about it that way since almost a year ago. And he's really protecting the puck too. Like that was the thing I loved about him most when they got when they got Kevin Hayes. Yeah, that was his how valuable he was on the penalty kill when yeah. he would take the puck and just rag the puck on the penalty kill. Yeah. And we that disappeared yeah. um, while he was hurt. Uh, so, you know, that's a huge thing. Yeah, 100%. And that, that was like the thing that I think a lot of people wondered, like, well, what, when they got him, well, he's not the flashiest guy. He's not the fastest guy. But, like, he can really protect the puck, and he does things with his size. And I feel like every time I'm look, I look up, I, I'm seeing him protect the puck and really impose his will with his size. Guys can't get him off the puck, and he's making plays doing so. And, I mean, he's doing this right now as the guy. Like, like he does not have a strong play around him. He doesn't have a Ryan Ellis. Doesn't have Claude Giroux. Like he's he's doing this as one of the guys, and that's a real positive. Um, I can only imagine what he can do maybe in a deeper lineup. So I think we can definitely agree Kevin Hayes has been a major positive here. Absolutely. Well, Joe, this was fun. Great looking at young kids. Great looking at things we want to see more of. Uh, there's going to be a lot of that, and there's still eight games left on this schedule here in this 2021-22 season as the Flyers missed the playoffs for a second straight year. We're going to look at all of it and then some. Um, but great seeing you, Joe. Great chatting with you. Uh, big time thanks to you. And a big time thanks to also to Ben Barry, our podcast producer and guru, who's always flexible with our schedule as well. And Flyers fans, we cannot forget you. Biggest thanks to you for listening to the latest Flyers Talk podcast presented by Great Railing. Wherever you get your podcast, please rate and listen. And we can't wait to talk to you next time. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. 
Auto Trader.